0: Here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on TV.
1: Welcome in. Monday morning edition Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCrady. Clark Ford Studio here with you as Ole Miss enters week two of preseason camp. We are uh, not that far away from the season beginning here in uh under I uh, guess what twenty six yeah under four weeks is what I was uh, thinking in my head there I was doing a little quick math so we're uh, getting close to Ole Miss and Troy for a season opener Labor Day weekend here in uh, in Oxford so we'll talk uh, camp impressions they put on shoulder pads for the first time on Saturday. We were in attendance for uh, for that, and we'll get back at it this morning. So again, continue to check. Actually, put
2: pads. Just to be technically correct, they put pads on Friday. Oh, okay. So Saturday was the second day. So So they
1: can go full pads whenever they want now.
2: Assuming they did not practice yesterday, today would be the first full pad practice. Right.
1: But we're moving forward. They can do as they uh, as they would like to do. So (laughs) yes. there's uh, there's that. They got through the acclamation
2: period. I think there's a certain number of padded practices that you are allowed. Full or shoulder to. Full. Yeah.
1: So really, it's just putting pants on yeah. when most of them don't wear the pads in the pants anyway. That is correct. Okay. Just to just
2: to be clear here, that is. Although when they when they do when they know they're going to tackle, they do typically wear the thigh pad. They do. That would be smart. They just don't wear the knee pad, and a lot of them don't wear. So back when I played, you had the two hip pads, and then you had the butt pad, and you had two. Thigh pads, two knee pads. Yeah.
1: Do they wear hip pads at all anymore?
2: It almost looks like if they do, they're super, super thin. I can remember those big, thick.
1: Yeah, like hung hip- out at the top of your pants. Like they were the big, yeah. Well,
2: and as you got sweaty, they, they started to slide. They would. You're always having to pull up your pants. Because they'd slide
1: down over the pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So you're saying it's not the old-fashioned 19... Because it's kind of what we had, even in, in 2000 or whatever, or 98. Yeah. The, uh, the old-fashioned girdles, where all the pads went into the girdle, and you pulled the girdle up, and then...
2: Yeah, I just didn't have a... I never used the girdle style. Did I'll, you not? I always used the style that wove through the belt. Okay. Because you took a little while to get your pads ready.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that we got that out of the way, we'll uh, again have some content for you at rebelgrove.com. Uh, as the day moves on, we got things from Saturday. Talk to Malik Heath,
2: observations, yeah, a lot balls, of a lot of stuff, lot of lot stuff of, a lot of A lot of football and 10 Weekend Thoughts. I mean, basically, got at other networks, 10 Weekend Thoughts would have been eight, nine stories. You could have done that. I could have. No one stopped me. No. Of course, no one forced me to do it. You could do just
1: it. do a thought a day. Instead we, of 10 thoughts at once, just do a thought a day. Just constant thoughts. Just today's thought. Yeah. Sunday would be three thoughts to get to 10. Every other day just has a thought. Every morning, thought of the day.
2: I went to bed Saturday with seven of my 10 thoughts completely done. Oh, that was pretty impressive. Which was waking up Sunday was like, oh, this is good That made you feel pretty, pretty good, good, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. I came in here. I turned on uh, English Premier League. You did. And um, finished it up. It was great. Yeah.
1: Podcast brought to you every day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. You know about the Exxon mobile app. You download it. When you do that, you get a 1,000 bonus points. 1,000 bonus points equals $10 right there at the pump you're using at the time. Take a picture of the QR code. If you'd like to just get the app opened up without even having to search for it, lunch special is $5.69 and let them take care of dinner for you. School's back in session. Got activities coming. You're busier than you were earlier, so uh, the Oxford Exxon can help. Wet dry ribs, plenty both stuff in the hot case, dessert sides, and more when you uh let them take care of dinner again throughout Mississippi, a lot of different Blue Sky locations and the Oxford Exxon and coming to you from the Clark Ford studio
2: Well, Clark Fords in Amory Mississippi, 662-257-1900 call that number ask for Corey Clark, tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for and he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours right to the bottom line, no hassle no haggle, you get your quote, the rest completely up to you, you can shop that quote around you can do what I've done uh, multiple times now Or you can uh, do it, which is hop into a car for today. You can shop it around if you'd like. I just recommend that you get the vehicle. You'll love it. Great service. Great product. Uh, Corey and the people at Clark Ford want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Guests will join this week on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Uh, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to uh, watch. I guess NFL preseason games, Major League Baseball, Uh, just hang out, have a burger, po' boy, appetizer, great beer selection, full bar and more. Also Rafters, uh, New Albany. And once again this weekend it will be hotter than you know what. It was hot this weekend. It will be hot next weekend. So it means if you're out at Sardis, you can enjoy a frozen margarita, a cold beer, burger, whatnot, as you enjoy a uh, day on the lake.
1: So we got Lane Kippen on Saturday, um, Ashanti Sistrunk, Malik Heath, also in attendance for that media op. We watched practice on Saturday. And, you know, you and I were discussing right when we left um, the interview area, which is, you know, again, in the halftime locker room because of the construction, um, that Lane was a little more back to the Lane that we had come to know and love in the uh, in the past because he was so good, really engaging during his uh, his pre. Preseason camp press conference, if you will. I was trying to think how to phrase that. But, you know, I I got to thinking about it. I think I told you kind of off the cuff, and it was still in my mind as I was doing some observations and stuff later on. It's because it's getting into what he doesn't want to talk about. I don't think Lane is any different than Lane ever is. On that first day, other than some people who wanted to just beat the hell out of the drum over and over and over again, you were getting some big picture stuff. You were getting some program stuff. You were letting – the questions were more about sort of the overall aspects of football and program. You get into the camp, and this, look, this goes for coaches, players, media, everything else – it gets so freaking minutia based It becomes, hey, today, what happened? Well, yeah. nothing really happened today. I mean, right. it is a collection of days put together into a decision, but very rarely to go, oh, my God, today is when the the dial changed, and today is when this happens. But there are reporters and, that can't get that. No, I know. They can't get that. And that's kind of my point. I think what happens is, A, Lane, he's in minutia mode, too, which he doesn't like. He's trying to fix stuff. And, yeah. You know, he's – any coach would be. This is not a connotation toward Ole Miss's success or, or lack thereof as the season goes on. But they're all seeing problems and trying to fix it and seeing shit they don't like. I mean, he was getting pissed off at the defensive inability to line up or get on the field or the personnel thing that was going on late in Saturday's teamwork. I mean, he's just kind of dealing with stuff. So, when he gets in there and he go, hey, so what happened with the quarterbacks today? It's like, hey, I just didn't want to talk about it. I mean, like, I don't know. They played? I mean, there's no real answer. And I think in a lot of ways, he almost sort of gets frustrated because he's going, I, there literally is no answer to your question. I don't know what to say. I'm not even
2: really trying to be a jerk. I don't know what to say. Well, number one, I don't know, I don't know that as of today. We'll take quarterback as an example.
0: All yeah, right? I was kind of using that as a broad yeah, And it's a, good, it's,
2: a good one to, it's a good one to dial in on as, a, as an example. I don't know that Lane Kiffin knows today who his quarterback is, okay? I suspect by now he's got some thoughts.
1: He knows who he wants it to be if that person will do what he wants them to do. I think so. Um, Or what either does. Go, hey, here's the things that one of you guys are going to take it or you're
2: not. I mean, I have a theory. Now, I want to stress that this is nothing but a theory. Okay. But I have a couple of advantages in this as a reporter. One, I'm not emotionally attached to it. That's, That's first. There are others on our beat who simply cannot say the same. Sure. Two, I think I've done this long enough to be able to understand that there are always two parallel tracks running for a coach. Okay. There's the right now and there's the long term. And sometimes those tracks basically are, are on top of one another. Sure. And so it's super easy to just head down that track. I also think there are times when there's a real fork in the road, in the track. Okay. And I think today, like if you told Ole Miss today, you're playing a game today, this, this day, I think Luke Altmaier would probably be the quarterback. And here's why. He's making fewer mistakes in practice, taking fewer chances, but he's making fewer mistakes. We watched three plays. There was a three-play segment on Saturday that sticks out in my mind. Yeah. On play one, Jackson Dart forced a throw into the middle of the field, and it should have been intercepted, but the DB, and I can't remember. Tysheem Johnson. I think it may have been Tysheem. Dropped it. Yeah. And fell to the ground in anguish, as defensive backs do.
1: Two guys had a chance at it, and they kind of knocked the ball out of each other's hands.
2: Yeah, Tysheem would probably tell you that he should have caught it. Yeah. The second play – Dart makes this perfect throw down the field, twenty five yards or so. Catch and run, right on stride. In a window. Yeah. I mean it was be, pretty. Beautiful throw. And like, that was, that was Maybe nice. the best overall throw of the day. But then the very next play, he throws a pick. Yeah. The very next play, he throws a pick. And so I, I, I remember I telling you the corner you, who caught it, but I, I can't. I, I, it whatever. doesn't really matter. I told you at the time I said to just ride in the roller coaster. And it was kind of like that Friday. There was I was out there Friday, you weren't. Because it was also a bad decision
1: on the pick. It wasn't yes. just that the ball was picked. He should never have been going there to begin with. Yeah, no, it was it's... they were doing third down and it was short of the line, kind of in no man's land in the left flat, and it was a bad throw on top
2: of it. So on Friday, there was a period early in the practice where Jackson Dart was awesome. I mean he was great. To the point <laughs> that a couple of the linemen were coming over to him almost kind of loving on him. Like Gerald Stenson, by the way, with the pick. Okay. Um And then later in that practice, Dart kind of reverted back to making mistakes. And at the same time, Luke Altmaier just took his team down the field with short, intermediate, take-what-you-give passes, right? And so I think if you – and this is, again, this is me. No one's told me this. There's nobody inside the program who would dare tell me this. So this is me theorizing. And I will tell you up front that I could be bad, bad wrong, Mm okay? Okay. And if I am, cool. I don't care. I'm not a football coach. But I think if you were playing a game today, they feel pretty good about the defense. Not not over the top great yet, but but good. I think they feel pretty good about the running game. I think they like what they see up front. I think if they were playing a game today, Luke gives you the best chance of just not losing. Managing a win. And Luke can make some plays too. Luke made... Made some nice throws on Saturday as well. We did. But I think if you were to talk about program ceiling, which of these two quarterbacks—and again, this is Neil theorizing—I could be wrong. Lane has not told Neil this. No, Lane and I have had—I will—I shouldn't admit this out loud. We have had one interaction where it was just the two of us ever, and it was about Lane's weight loss. That's yeah. it. Okay, there. I'm I'm, I'm up front. I'm not a national reporter. He does not need me in any way. There's no reason for him to develop a relationship with me. No, he doesn't need it. Um, but I think Dart has the highest upside. Okay. It's just my opinion, watching them play. Sure. But if you told me that Dart's path to his ceiling is a bit more fraught with obstacles that have to be overcome, I'd buy it.
1: Oh, I mean, we just covered one
2: who had that same career, career progression. Very much.
1: Matt so Corral doesn't
2: look unlike that. So if you told me that Jackson Dart is the quarterback and that there are a couple of games this year where he basically throws it away, quite literally, I'd buy it. Now, is that – keep in mind, Jackson Dart will be 19 at the end of next spring – Unless Ole Miss has the Grove Bowl in mid-May, which would yeah. be historic, I, I suppose. When Ole Miss plays the Grove Bowl, I would assume some point in April, Jackson Dart will still be 19 years old. That, to me, that is pertinent. Yeah, uh, it, I've had other people go, "So what?" And I, I don't know what to tell you. He's 19. He's 19. I realized he got NIL stuff and he was na- but he was 19. He's still a 19-year-old. He's 19. Dude. 19-year-old quarterbacks typically make mistakes. Luke doesn't turn 20 until the day of the LSU game. So yeah. week 8. Um But if you told me that the path to from a program standpoint, which of these two guys has a higher program ceiling? I- I'd buy it if you told me it was Dart.
1: Do you put anything – and now, again, we are watching practice. We don't know what they're like outside of what we see, stress, that. Right. And I don't know if it's good, bad, or any difference, so I'm asking the question. But do you put anything as this being a positive or negative that Dart seems to kind of wear his emotions on his sleeve more in both directions during during work? Um Because I I hate to say leadership, because that's not right. You don't know how somebody leads, and you don't necessarily need somebody rah-rah leading. But Dart will visibly show frustration on bad throws. Mm -hmm. He'll kind of duck, and he gets pissed off on himself and kind of cusses himself. And then when somebody does something well, he's all in there. I mean, there was a play at the very end of the thing, right in front of Neil and I on Saturday, when Malik Heath made a hell of a catch down the right sideline. He kind of deked out the defender and then picked up, probably 25 more yards before A.J. Finley ran him down and and knocked him out of bounds. Um, And Dart was already down the field. He was already down celebrating with Heath, getting him up, yelling at him, encouraging him. Really, I mean, outwardly emotional toward Malik Heath. Altmeyer is more steady, doesn't really do anything negatively or positively in that way. Not that he doesn't celebrate with teammates, but it's not as boisterous yeah. as Dart. I've seen him is in college, that a, but, he's, but
2: he's more he's more reserved. Yeah. Is that a positive either
1: way in your opinion?
2: I'd guess not. Okay. I just think it's an example of them being different, you know. I've had people ask me, do you think they maybe run a two quarterback system that complement each other? I'm like, well, they, they're really kind of very similar players. Yeah. And Lane does not want to do that. No. I mean, but like if you had one guy who was like, you know, a true passer and you had another guy who could come in and. and this and, isn't Chris Ralph and Tim Tebow. And we uh, are or not, was it Relf? Yeah. yeah league, I was trying, league, to, league, I was trying to think in Chris the league, league today, is there. Is not there Ralph, that's it, state. I'm trying to think, is there any school in the league today that might do a little bit of a. Change of pace quarterback just to I've heard rumblings of AM with Haynes King might be more of the running quarterback. And I, I know there's the kid at Arkansas, Hornsby, I think, who's a speedster, who's the backup quarterback who there were times last year they snuck him in and ran a play where he ran around the end and it was effective as a quick little play. But that's not serious. these guys, these guys don't have they're no. both kind of this they're the same kind of quarterback. Um, they both throw.
1: Luke is pretty mobile, runs around well. Dark yeah. can move. They're yeah, both they're good, good
2: athletes.
1: They both, There's no statue back there where you've got to have somebody who can move
2: no. around. They, they're both good athletes. They both yeah. played baseball. They both played other sports. They're, 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 they're <laughs> And then then you take the emotion of this in is that whoever doesn't get the job, and I've said this, and we're talking about this at quarterback, but I think this applies at like 10 positions across the thing. Okay, Whoever doesn't get the job, you're still going to need them. I suspect, I suspect Lane would love for one of these guys, and maybe Saturday's the day, right? Because Saturday, it's, it's a scrimmage. You're going to play. And maybe Saturday you find out who can move the – he wants one of these guys to just go win the job mm-hmm. so that whoever doesn't win the job sort of knows, hey, I didn't win it the really, job. And
1: really it's not just Saturday. It's all week. I mean, they do team stuff. They play with yeah. pads on at the end of every practice. I mean, you're you're taking notes on every 7-7 seven and seven and every team and what that looks like. And, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the stadium on Saturday or whatever they're doing right. right there. I don't know. Is it in the stadium on Saturday? Yes. Okay. It's in lieu
2: of Meet the Rebels.
1: I know a lot of people are really worried about the grass for some reason, by the way. It looks good at Vaughn Hemingway. It does not look like it looked like back in the spring. The field's going to be all right for opening day. I know it's crazy. But, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be playing on a goat ranch out there. It's going to be cool. <laughs> Everybody calm
2: down. Move on to your next thing. It's the advantage I have of not knowing nearly as many people. As <laughs> no, no one has expressed that concern to me. There was a
1: lot of frustration in, in the spring game. You look at the grass. Like, well, they don't play today. Yep. Got time? Yep. Somebody will handle that uh, That
2: thing. you telling me what happened in April is not exactly pertinent in late August and they September. They did not appear
1: to need to have the field in tip-top shape for the spring
2: game. <sighs> it's almost like spring football is not that big of a deal. It's um, almost like you could just kind of not have it. Nobody would really know the difference. That's fair.
1: What's about the positions in a second? For data, I'll tell you about Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga, one of the oldest mortgage companies in the Southeast. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. You're going to look underwriting and understand your market, leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com.
2: Myperfectfranchise.net is a perfect place to go to if you're looking to leave the corporate rat race, gain control of of your uh, income, your schedule, you're looking to diversify. Myperfectfranchise.net offers the ability to create income and wealth. Let Andy uh, Ludecki guide you through a comprehensive franchise evaluation. He has tons of franchise and business ownership experience to lean on. If you hate your job, your boss, your pay, you feel stuck, Go to Andy at myperfectfranchise.net, send him an email, and start taking control of your own life. We're also brought to you by Solutions Rx. I've been using Solutions Rx a little bit lately, just kind of a little vitamin supplement for me. For other people, it's uh, different things. It's a probiotic multivitamin supplement company created by Omis Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical-grade, manufactured right here inside the U.S. If you take diabetes, high blood pressure, or cholesterol medications, they typically cause side effects like muscle pain, brain fog, energy loss due to a depletion of minerals and vitamins in the body. But Chris formulated a product called Prescription Support to put those vitamins back into your body to help with those side effects, helping you stay more compliant in taking your medications helping you stay healthier over the long term. SolutionsRx.com, promo code OEP at checkout for 10% off your first order. Also brought to you about Holcomb Portable Buildings, 7991 Highway 7 South in Holcomb, Mississippi. At Holcomb Portable Buildings, they custom build your building to your specifications, however you want your carport, your ATV or storage shed, barn, hunting cabin, or other buildings, Holcomb uh, can accommodate you. You pick the color, the style, the windows, the doors. Holcomb makes it happen. In-house financing available. There's free delivery and setup within 75 miles of Holcomb as well. For more information, go to 662-226-2233, halcombuildingscom or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Hawkeye Portable Buildings. It's uh, four weeks away from football season, so you want to go to Dead Soxy. Make sure you've got your sock game ready to go. It's DeadSoxy.com, promo code REBELGROVE. off all of your orders. Get the um, Ole Miss kind of branded, for lack of a better word, socks. Lots of cool socks to uh, go with the rest of your game day ensemble. Again, game, I'm sorry, deadsoxy.com. I mentioned my 10 thoughts. They're up at rebelgrove.com. They're brought to you by Game Changer Patches. They're the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch used before while you drink. Overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients keep you in the game, ready for the next play. GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase.
1: Prime Shrimp, PrimeShrimp.com, five different flavors in the bag, ready to go, kind of like earlier. If you need a quick meal, they are uh, the great thing for kids, for uh, getting around activities and different things here at night. Again, five different flavors, less than 10 minutes from freezer to plate for you. The signature, the spicy, the garlic herb butter, or the French Quarter Alfredo, just over rice or veggies or make a meal by itself, and the Simply Shrimp where you can uh, doctor it up. It fits kids' palates. The more discerning person, they can uh, do what they want with it as well. And then their newest item, the individually frozen shrimp, just like you would get through the grocery store except a uh, higher quality, restaurant-quality shrimp from the New Orleans-based company. So that's Prom Shrimp, com, money-back guarantee, and $20 off your first order with code MPW. Again, that's com. Any greater thoughts? We've had a week now, somewhere in there. Um, Wide receivers, still a concern, but I do think there are more pieces than maybe I gave them credit for a week ago. I will go that far right now. Because Jalen Robinson has the chance to be a clear number one.
2: Yeah. A chance. He's certainly a clear number one in the slot. Um, I I think Heath is going to help them. He's going to be better than he was at State. Yeah, I thought the story that I wrote Saturday and the comments that he said on Saturday about the difference in the two offenses was pretty interesting. That
1: was the story. Everybody was caught up on the damn cowbells, but that
2: wasn't the story. Well, we have too many fans covering these teams. That it was. There, that's the truth. The story. Oh, he said something negative
1: about state. Oh, my God. The story was that the offense. cowbells?
2: Yeah, it's like. Okay, so what? The interesting thing, as you were saying, is that he was talking about how that state offense, he was being very matter-of-fact about it. He, he said, those are my guys still. Those are my brothers. I, I'm still friends with those guys. Yeah, they're going to mess with me on game week, but that's just to get in my head. We're still friends. He doesn't hate Mississippi State. He doesn't have a Will Rogers dart board up, and he's throwing darts at, no, at his He team. admitted that he and Will had a little confrontation about it, but that they're still pals and buddies, and when that game's over, they'll probably exchange pleasantries. Mm -hmm. but what he did say that was interesting was that that offense is not for everybody. That it's a lot of five yards and under routes. It's quick. He likes this offense better because he can run 15, 20-yard routes. There's some more stuff down the field. There's route concepts. You know, he talked about a post corner and for those who don't watch football, there's a lot of people. A post is your, you break towards the goal post and then the corner is the flag, the corner, so you run a post Cut to a corner. He was talking about how well those plays take time to develop. Obviously, it takes typically it takes someone longer to run twenty yards than it does someone to run five. So that plays more progression, more development, more NFL style, frankly. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how he liked that so much better. I thought that was the most interesting part of it, more than the. Do you like cowbells? Is that a pervasive thing inside the Mississippi? Who cares?
1: No, it's an offense built, because look, it's it's sort of the misconception and the weird thing about Mike Leach's offense is that, yes, they throw a ton of balls, and it's great for a quarterback to run up cumulative stats. Mm-hmm. And look, it's it, it's worked. I'm not really criticizing Mike Leach's offense. But for a wide receiver, right, it is a couple different routes, all basically at or shorter than five yards, and you're just catching the ball and then trying to run with it, it's... Not using running backs in any meaningful way. It's where using they the get passing the ball. game as
2: a running game. Yes. Get and the it, ball to a receiver, break a tackle, break another tackle, and a three yard pass becomes a seventeen yard gain. That's yes. the point of it.
1: But for wide receivers who want to catch the ball down the field, that does not happen. It is not part of the offense. And it takes a certain wide receiver to embrace that type of air raid that Mike Leach runs. It's 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 not really built for Malik Heath's skill set, frankly. I mean it's you know he's a not a bad wide receiver, but he likes to get the ball. He's an outside guy down the field.
2: Well, he's a big body guy, wants we'll to say, play down the he, field.
1: He, 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 is, he helps state blocking from a screen standpoint. They'd get a couple guys over here and run these concepts where he's blocking and trying to create almost like basketball picks for guys mm-hmm. to run around. Here, I mean, I, and I think it's one of the more valuable things that we don't talk about enough, between Heath and Mingo, with what already should be a pretty strong run game, those two guys do a really good job of setting the edge as wide receivers. They're they're really good blocking on the edge, kind of blocking, creating space on outside runs. That I think um, that will give Ole Miss an advantage because I mean I think you know today Ole Miss hopes that they feel pretty good about a four wide receiver group of Watkins, Heath, Robinson, and uh, Mingo. Mingo. Mm-hmm. I mean that would be the the hope for them at this at this point and. Look, Mingo has always had to catch the ball better. Um, he's always had to have a little better hands. I have not noticed as many drops from him. He seems to have improved somewhat in that through a week. But, I mean, as far as the injury, he looks really good right now. I mean, athletically, he looks as good as I have seen him at any point in his career.
2: Yeah. I, I, I see no effects of the no. foot. If 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 it's bothering him, you can't tell it. <clears throat> some other guys, like, have seen some flashes here and there out of Braylon Brown. Yeah. Um They've certainly given a lot of opportunities to JJ Henry. Um I'm still learning some of the numbers. They changed some numbers and stuff. Um Quay Davis gets a lot of opportunities. Don't know that any of those guys have done anything yet. To make me go, Oh yeah, here they go. I mean so I, I mean if you're asking, am I concerned? There hasn't
1: there does not appear to have been some flashed up from Henry Davis or Burkhalter. Not
2: yet. Yeah,
1: no. I mean
2: one of those guys I would put money on entering the transfer portal Can't in catch. December. Yeah, I mean he just had me able to catch. Um, yeah. I mean I, I'm
1: not criticize. I mean whatever he catches better than I do, but I mean I, I, I'm. Well, I would hope so.
2: Hey, I mean, be evaluation here. <laughs> <not what> <laughs> <is. laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got I got questions. If, um, what you will get that you know get that critique sometime. What are you talking about him for? You couldn't do, but well, no,
1: I'm sitting here. <laughs> right. I don't know. Right. Here, here's my laptop. Write a story. <laughs> yeah. Go.
2: yeah, I mean, if he'd like to diagram sentences, have at it. Yeah. We'll, we'll do it. Oh, God. That assistant coaches is back, well, you can't play. And I'm always no. like, and I'm not paid to. Yes. Um, I've heard you talk. I bet money you can't write. <laughs> go. Here's, that would go over well. It would not, yeah, I don't think that would be the way to endear to, uh, to anyone, but it's all, it's all good. I always think it's funny. Coaches can hate media. That's like, that's allowed. Yeah. But if, if media were ever like, you know what? I don't really like football coaches very much. Oh my God. You mean like as the collective? Yeah. Yeah, Like, like like football coaches can get away with, I really just don't like media as a collective. So we're we're all one homogenous group. If I were to say, you know, as a rule, I just don't like football coaches. That would would be seen as a negative. That would be seen as me being a judgmental person. I always find that to be the dichotomy of that kind of interesting. But we we worship football coaches in a way that we don't worship media. I don't think we should worship either entity for what it's worth. But We should not worship media, no. No. Or football football coaches.
1: It's one of the, I mean, and we'll get back on the actual team in a second. It's one of the funny things, though. Is that I do think fans would understand pretty quickly once they started covering the team of how much and this goes for anything. Players, coaches, they are just people. You're gonna see a lot of other stuff too. Yeah. You're not it's not just game day and the cheers and the rah rahs and whatever. You're look any job has its own level of soap opera, but you're gonna see that coach is a flawed human as well. And you're gonna get pissed off about some of the other stuff and see some of the other stuff and go, Hey, look, I mean We're all just people here. I mean, his his bank account is pretty good, but yeah, it's it's
2: you know it's gonna be all right. Yeah. But I think they're okay at receiver. They need they need Trigg and Kelly to be pass catching weapons, and I think they're gonna throw to running backs out of the backfield some too. So I think I think there's there's enough weapons there, assuming everybody can stay quasi healthy, to be to be pretty good, you get back into the whole quarterback thing, right, which is which is the which is the guy that today could best utilize the majority of those weapons in a way that protects the football.
1: I think Lane gave you a very honest answer without mentioning the reason that you asked the question, per se, in his answer. What did you make of James moving into guard and Joe
2: Williams moving to tackle for a series on Saturday? I think they're doing the smart thing, which is you have to prepare for all eventualities. You know, what is your best bet if Nick Broker were to go out for a series or two series or two weeks? Is it plug in another guard or is it let's take the next best lineman, who I think right now is Jaden Williams, put him in where he's comfortable at left tackle and move Jeremy inside where he can also play because Jeremy's played guard and tackle. He can do anything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that was hey, right. let's get some reps in this. They know what Nick Broker can do. He doesn't need every rep in a, in a in practice. Yeah, they know right. what Nick can do. And so, I mean, Nick's been there for twelve years or something. I mean, so they know Nick knows the offense. Nick understands the play calls. Yeah, Nick knows the calls at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Let's, in the event that something happened, let's get this. Let's get Williams, who's a redshirt freshman some reps with the ones so that in the end And event, who they really like. Yeah, he's really good. So in the event that that had to happen, he's not, oh, God, this is, because he's already going to come in and go, oh, God, oh, God. Now you come in, okay, we've done this in practice. Here we go. Let's do this. Get him used to it out there. I, I suspect that's what that was. Yeah. Because um, they tough. got him in
1: there, and I mean, he was against the number ones. I mean, yeah. hey, deal with Cedric Johnson for a minute. Let's, let's get let's, some, let's, well, let's, let's get some this. number
2: one reps against an SEC defense. That's yeah. that's what practice is for. So I think that, look, somebody's that's gonna
1: at minimum roll an ankle. You are not gonna play the season with five well, offensive. La- lines.
2: Last year, they got offensive line got banged up pretty good. Yeah, and they had to play some different people. So um, yeah, I think that's what that was. I could be wrong. Could be. Something more big picture than that, I guess, well, that's what it felt like. And then defensively, I think all the experimenting at linebackers, trying to find linebackers. Who do you think are the rotational
1: offensive linemen at this point? Uh, Williams and McIntyre. But Lane is pretty set typically on just playing five, unless there's some reason not to. Yeah, I, I mean you got to have a six and seven, but I guess my point is rotation is the wrong word because there's not really a rotation.
2: Yeah, I mean McIntyre come in and play. He can come in and play either guard spot. Mm-hmm. He could play center.
1: Would he be the backup center if Caleb Worm?
2: Kind of looked like it. Okay. I guess you could put Nick there because Nick could move in now that he's at guard. He's that's that's his spot. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that the goal is not to get Caleb hurt. <laughs> but look, I mean, they're like any other team, right? I mean, they're, they're that's why when people go, "Man, this offense," I'm like, "Hold up, yeah." There's got to put some caveats in there. The O line has to stay healthy. Um, got to have some guys develop it at receiver a little bit. Got to be has to be some consistency. They really would love to see someone step up and be the guy at receiver. Um, and then you need production from tight end, and you got to have a quarterback protect the football. There's stuff that still has to happen, but there's 26 days left before they play a game, too. And then I think it—I think it bears repeating a few times. They're very fortunate from a schedule standpoint. Oh, they—they're—if the front of the schedule were different than what it is, I think you'd see more panic, maybe urgency. But the truth is, September should be uh, an opportunity to sort of ramp up, fix some things, make mistakes that don't haunt you. So that that's a big help.
1: I really can't get a read on what they are, where the linebacker competition is at all. I I don't know. They're giving everybody a ton of reps, trying to find it. I don't even really know how they feel about it, but there does not appear to be one guy who is always going to be on the field at that position.
2: No, they're rotating a handful of guys. Um, you know, Keys has looked pretty good, but he's been pretty injury-prone, so I think you have to, as a preparation standpoint, you can't, you can't go, okay, well, he's there. We're going to get 900 snaps out of him this year. Um, Sistrunk's a good player. Been there for a while. Troy Brown is steady at a minimum and then i think you have some interesting guys that they're working on you know um, who am i thinking of uh, uh Demond Clowney.
1: well it's where i think they are going there's going to be times
2: Brandon Mack was the name i was, trying to come was up a, we, my mind. this is personnel
1: not scheme so i think it's safe um it's where i believe they are playing at times one quote linebacker Troy Ashanti mm-hmm. Keys. Right. And then the other spot is this either moving somebody up or back where it's, hey, they're going to move you know, Tennyson into the box as kind of that extra linebacker. They're going to do things with, as you said, Mack or, or Clowney or something from that backward standpoint. I mean, frankly, Otis Reese is basically a linebacker. I mean, they can it take was, people and move was, yeah. people around and do things and – just because you don't have the LB next to your name doesn't mean you come up and you don't come up into the box and play that second linebacker spot as whatever they want to call it, star or bandit or whatever the word is for their particular defense. I mean, that's that's essentially what they do. I don't know that we're going to see, other than a very base set, two of those guys on the field at the same time. It right. does not feel like that's the case. It feels like they're going to use the fact that they have so many different and kind of diverse sets of defensive backs and rush ends to fill in those gaps.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. Um, you know, I think you might see some four-man fronts here and there, but for the most part, you're going to see nickel and dime packages all the time, because they have some of those guys. And Tennyson's maybe the best example. Yeah. The closer he is to the line of scrimmage, the better he is. Yes. The further away from the line of scrimmage that he is, the more of a of a risk he is. Yeah, he's a, he's a
1: pass defense liability right now. Yeah,
2: uh, who's very very good against the run. Damn good against the run. Very physical. Um, they know that. He's their best run-stopping defensive back. I agree. Yeah. I mean, he is. Yeah, and then there's probably 10 guys that are better in coverage. hmm So, where they're really good, potentially, is corner. Who would have ever thunk two <laughs> years ago?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, they're good enough to let Finley roam around and do whatever he does best. I mean, because he play – I mean, you could just stick him over there if you had to.
2: Yeah. And you don't have to. No, you can put him at free safety where Yeah, he's, let him he's, go. Where he's best, but – Battle looks really good to me. Uh Davison McGonison has been a stud since they Yeah, one. I mean he I think in an ideal world he'd be a little bit bigger for year 2, but in year 1 I, I think he can get away with it with his just cover skills and athleticism. He's all they talk about. He's, Every player goes now him. He's 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 really good. There's a lot there. I mean his you talk about a ceiling on a guy. I mean he's He's tall, he's rangy. Yeah, I mean, he's got to fill out a little bit. For, to, from, I'm talking about from an NFL standpoint. Yeah, sure. But if you told me that he was highly thought of in NFL ranks in a couple of years, I'd buy it. The transformation
1: in defensive back from the raw hell that we saw three or four years ago
2: has been startling.
1: More than any other position.
2: Yeah. Because, yeah, they were in twenty twenty. They were so just phenomenally bad. There, it's hard to put words on how bad they were.
1: And it, it's kind of impressive because it's it's some new guys and some fill ins, but it's also just some dudes that are homegrown that have gotten better. I mean, you found what you needed to with Miles Battle and put him in a place where yeah. you could play. And yeah. I mean, as we've said, Finley's just gotten better and better every year. I
2: mean, he well, just t-shin. takes steps. Tysheen, yeah. Trey Washington, Kenrich Breedlove. Washington doesn't get talked about, but he's not bad. Well, I think it's hard to notice everybody out there. They've got yeah. a bunch of dudes that can play that position.
1: That's true. Washington's not a bad football player.
2: No, he's a good football player. Yeah, I like him a lot. Breed love. Um,
1: Ashim Young got more snaps on Saturday than I had seen on whatever other day I was there.
2: Yeah, that was the first day that I really noticed him out there. In fact, but going into that day, I'm looking at the roster. Going into that day I I almost started asking where he was. Okay. Uh MJ Daniels played a good bit the other day. they um, still like him, by the way. Uh Deshaun Jerkins, the Vanderbilt transfer. People forget he's out there, but he plays a lot. He's in the mix a ton. Um they even called Roman Rashada down to the two Oh
1: yeah. yeah down yeah. to the
2: two deep field. Um they run two fields. There's a field for the ones and twos, then there's a field for The others. And I think Lane was pointing out that, hey, they're putting cameras on that other field too. They're watching guys. You can move. There are players. Yeah, and they do. They're players that that go back and forth. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they've got some depth. So we'll see. It's still early. Look, this is the big week. Yeah. You know, last week there were two practices in shorts. You're acclimating. I was hot as hell. Guys were struggling with the heat um, this week, you're putting pads on, you're getting ready for a big scrimmage on Saturday and after this after Saturday, you don't start ramping it down, but you are getting close to the point where hey, an injury would cost you playing time. One thing that I thought Lane said that was interesting on Saturday was you know a lot of times in camp you've got older guys and you're just trying to make sure that you're preventing injuries and things like that and he goes, we're not there. This okay. this is not that camp. They've got so many new faces, so many question marks, with potential answers at question marks, but question marks that they've got to they've get after it. I expect this will be a pretty physical week and that Saturday will be a... They're not going to open up and show you a ton because it's open to the people, which means people will be there. Potentially, but I think they're going to get after it Saturday, is my guess. They've got to figure out who can who can play right now.
1: Podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark. N-E-S-P-A-R-C service people across rural communities. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the One Gig, that powers the Clarkport Studio. Your hometown team, bringing new world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, parental controls, network security, and more. So go then a call again, 662-238-3159.
2: Automation and Control Systems, LLC, owned by Clay McNutt, Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider, a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff, a UL 508A panel shop. You can learn more by going to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. We're brought to you by Lammons Fine Jewelry lamin's 1126 north lamar boulevard it's been serving the oxford area for three quarters of a century engagement rings wedding rings fine jewelry watches pearls fashion jewelry children's jewelry collectibles and more lamin's is the gold standard in fine jewelry visit them at lamin's or call them at 662-234-2777 um, i'm almost reluctant to say this out loud but i think i have fixed our skype issue so i uh, will we'll, we'll we should be taking calls on Thursday night when we have hand-raised guys, Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. College Corner is your one-stop Rebel shop. Two locations in the Jackson area and Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowwood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. I was talking to Scott on, um, I guess, Friday or Saturday, one or the other, and uh, he wanted me to personally tell all of you who had placed orders for the national championship gear how much he appreciated it uh Ole Miss Fans ordered a uh, a record amount of gear from the College Corner. We certainly appreciate that as well. Advertising on podcasts works. That's proof of it. So um, collegecornerstore.com, largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. And we're brought to you by Pinnacle. They're based in Madison, Mississippi. Clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states, Uh, They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and so much more. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, wealth.com. I was talking to someone the other day about they were planning a trip to London. They were trying to come up with a way to go catch some of the English Premier League games and stuff like that, and I was like, that would be really cool to do one day, and I thought if I was ever going to do that, I would go through my friend John Edwards at Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. John um, has basically 40 years of experience in the travel business. You can get in touch with him, give him some parameters, give him a budget. He's going to give you options that you simply will not find on your own. 901-494-3387 or jedwards at regencytravel.net.
1: Podcast is brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery, johnsonhillcreamery.com. The Grove and tailgating will be here before you know it. As we mentioned, we're just 26 days away. Three different packages to take care of your catering at your tailgate. The uh, the one that feeds 10, They got one that feeds 20, and one that feeds 40. Those include uh, specialty sandwich trays. They've got cheese trays. You know, they make all their cheeses locally and in-house every single day, charcuterie boards, fruit Hummus-assorted uh, cookies, brownies, desserts, dips, pepper jelly. They take care of everything for you, including arranging it and a uh, very good appearance there for your, uh, for your tailgating area. They give you disposable utensils and more. So, again, to find out and to take care of that, 662-419-9201
0: or cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, the other thing, too, is Saturday was the
1: hottest day we've had for a, uh, a practice so far. Still was not, like, blazing August temperatures compared to what we're necessarily used to. Lane it was so humid, though, Chase. Yeah. They were cramping toward the end of practice, Lane said. They sort of intentionally push them to the kind of that breaking point because I mean, it's going to be really hot on September third um, or whatever the date is the opener. I mean, they're going to they they're, they're you have to acclimate to it. And I mean, look, they're taking care of, they're hydrating, but you do have to kind of push through it when you get those hot days and get your body prepared for what that is going to feel like when you yes. get to a game Saturday so that was a decent opportunity for that on Saturday to get that done because frankly most of the week it had been fairly mild and overcast relative to a normal August so
2: not so much on a, on Saturday morning it was hot Saturday it was hot so I got out at the pool Saturday afternoon and it was hot yesterday I did the yard mm-hmm. around noon and, and it, was it was hot, hot. <laughs> It was I mean, I have people go. Oh, was kind of mild. but like, shut up, Tom. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it could be worse. Okay, cool. <laughs> We've had
1: hotter days. I don't know what you like.
2: What I, I mean, mean, yeah, I, yeah. But, I mean, it was not the hottest day we ever had in August, so but like, it was hell. plenty hot. There was no part of me that goes. You know what would be cool is if it were a little hotter today. Maybe a little more humid. I would enjoy that.
1: You didn't wake up and go. It's fall.
2: No. There's a there's a hint in the air. Well, you saw me this morning, I walked the dogs. There was no hint of anything in the air. There was a hint of today's going to be a really hot day. It was gonna be really hot today, yes. I kind of
1: pictured you having one of your animals kind of like hyperactive. They were they were they were they were very well behaved this morning on their walk, just yeah, kind of
2: bouncing g- around. They're generally they're generally pretty good. They sometimes if we encounter another canine, things can get off hairy. the rails a little bit. But for the most part, they're...
1: they're Are they wanting to play with said k Yeah. Said K9? Yeah, yeah, just, you know, want to say hello. See what's up. Well, I mean, you did point this out on Saturday as Juice was laying under uh, a tent over off the practice field. He had gotten a little warm early in, early in practice because they had him on artificial, artificial turf, and it was very hot on that turf. Yeah. And it moved him over to under a tent on the grass field, and... Numerous kids came by and essentially did whatever they wanted with him and he took it and he a couple times his ear would perk up like I'd really like you to leave me alone, but that was the most you were ever going to get out of that dog in a negative
2: capacity. Yeah. The one thing that you always know with a Labrador Retriever, now I don't think that they're ever gonna like you know, take the face off of an intruder who's coming into your house to kill you. (laughs) But they also there's a zero percent chance, literally zero. Like if you ever told me that a lab bit somebody, I'd say, "Well, what would they do? I mean you had to you had to have antagonized you past, provoke
1: the hell out of him past yeah, yeah. the
2: breaking point, yeah, you hurt him and yeah. repeatedly, yeah, and even then, I'm not sure, but the one thing with labs is that you never have to worry about they're gonna bite a kid, they're not, they're gonna let kids pet them. Kids can tug their ears, tug their tails. You should tell the people, they don't don't hurt the puppy. But a lab's just not going to do bad things like that. Now they might eat your deck, um, your your floorboards, your the. Yeah, there are things. There are things. I mean, yeah, they they're, they're, they can be destructive. Lab puppies need to be very tired. You need to wear them out, or you'll pay the price. But they're not. They're not gonna harm people. He's so I mean, like there's like four kids just p- petting little little kids like two yeah. three years old petting on him and he just takes it because that's what you do when. You're so allowed. you
1: don't think if an intruder came in, Rizzo would be ne- attacking toward that intruder?
2: <laughs> Maybe. I'm giving him more of a chance than Gus. Yeah, Gus pretty laid back. Gus be like, Yeah, you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah, they make a lot of noise. He would be loud. Yeah, yeah. He he he'd growl. They're strong dogs, though. I
1: mean, if they want, I mean, if he got really pissed, I mean, they could cause some, some yeah, issues. I wouldn't want to fight Rizzo. I mean, he's a good-looking athletic yeah, dog.
2: He's, he's pretty tough. But, but big, his but his disposition is yeah, not one nah, to – he's a big baby.
1: <laughs> I got a feeling if he actually – if, if, if there was a loud break-in and someone meant to cause harm that suddenly we're Maybe so. we're, Maybe we're in a different snout.
2: realm. I mean, he probably would think, look, if something happens to the big bald guy, I don't eat. Who feeds me? So let's defend the turf here a little bit. Because about 5.30 every day, Rizzo comes and kind of starts to stalk me. I refer to it as being stalked. And if I look at him, he just stares at me. <laughs> St- total eye contact. And, There's no doubt what, it, what
1: we're yeah, asking This for, isn't for, a right? look
2: of adoration. This is, hey, idiot. You know what time it is, right? Food, and I have a hunch he's not a grazer. He's eating whatever's in the bowl. Yeah, and, and he vacuums. Yeah, guys. Uh, that's the thing that kind of blows me away about that is that you look so forward to this meal that you get, and then uh, and then it takes six point seven seconds before you've just inhaled it. You don't even taste it. Like what? What is it you're looking forward to? You you don't even taste because Gus takes two or three minutes to eat his uh, dinner. We have to separate them. Yeah. And Rizzo's, it's, it's like seven seconds, and it's over. It's like, seems like you figure out that you don't have to do that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. So, this Kel Gundy thing
1: <clears throat> kind of popped. I mean, it was late. 10.30 last night is when he sent the tweet. And for full context here, I'll go ahead and read it. Because um, I think this amount of detail is interesting toward the story. He tweets out. He just says, Sooner Nation, thank you, um, above it. And then a a. – we're no longer using the notes app. This appears to be some sort of like almost Microsoft Word um, screenshot. I moved to Norman fresh out of high school in 1990. It feels like I never left. Devoted nearly all my adult life to Oklahoma football. My children graduated from OU. So did my wife. For almost three decades, the university has been my home. These players are my family today with great anguish. I announced my resignation. I apologize to those who were disappointed by this news. I owe it to Center Nation to be transparent about what led to this decision. Last week during a film session, I instructed my players to take notes. I noticed the player was distracted, picked up his iPad, and read aloud the words that were written on his screen. The words displayed had nothing to do with football. One particular word I should never, under any circumstances, have uttered was displayed on that screen. In the moment, I did not even realize what I was reading, and as soon as I did, I was horrified. I want to be very clear. The words I read aloud from that screen were not my words. What I said was not malicious, wasn't intentional. Still, I'm mature enough to know that the word I was I said was shameful and hurtful no matter to my intentions. The unfortunate reality is that someone in my position can cause harm by ever meaning to do so. In that circumstance, a man of character accepts accountability. I take responsibility for my mistake. I apologize. While considering this decision, I've been overwhelmed by the love and support of those who know me, my character, blah, blah, blah. Nonetheless, I recognize this is a critical moment for Oklahoma football. This team, coaches, players, administration, do not deserve to be distracted by all field matters while working to continue the tradition of excellence that makes blah, 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 blah. Nationally, I leave the sidelines heavy hearted. Coaching this football team truly has been whatever sooner born, sooner bred, and so on, Boomer. I don't believe him. I you don't believe him. Well, I don't believe this is the entirety of the story. Sorry, okay. I'm sure what he said happened. Probably happened. I have no, I mean, I have no reason to doubt that. Okay, but it doesn't pass the smell test. This is a guy who's been there forever. A guy who other media outlets and people have said the players all said stay. There was there was not some player revolt to run him out.
2: No, and some, I, of, some of his more prominent former players have come out. Joe Mixon yeah. comes to mind. Uh, some of his more prominent players have come out and really defended him.
1: Yeah, I don't I, – I just don't buy this. I don't. Um, so I, what do you I,
2: think this is? I
1: don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I have no idea. But – I mean, I think we probably know the word. Right? Yeah, sure. It's not. It's not about that. But this is, if the players went crazy, okay. At least you have a conversation because I mean that 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 matters. But this doesn't make sense in, in any way. This this is not something that is fireable. This is not something that was going to create some issue all throughout fall camp as long as the players seem to be as the players said they were. I Has don't. Has this
2: been a big? I don't. Follow OU football that closely, especially when we're as busy as we are covering Ole Miss football. I don't know that I've covered any other football other than the quick little around the SEC thing that I did yesterday morning, which was hey, find something. Okay, it looks good enough here. Sure. Yeah. Um, Like I couldn't tell you what's going on at Alabama or Auburn or Arkansas or LSU right now. A couple weeks, I'll start looking into it a little bit more. But right now, we're, we're, so I have no idea what's happened at OU. Has this been a big story? I don't know that even he was ever known.
1: No, I mean, I, I, it appears like it just came out of nowhere. So, I mean, this doesn't it, – it, it completely defies all logic for me. I don't, I don't get it on any level, frankly. And then, like, Venables comes out and says, it's with sadness that I accept Coach Gundy's resignation. He dedicated more than half his life to Oklahoma football and has served our program University well. We're thankful for the commitment. We also acknowledge in stepping aside, he's placed the program and the welfare of our shooting athletes first. And coaching in coaching and life, we're all accountable, blah, 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 for actions and outcomes. What, what are we talking about? I mean, this literally makes no sense.
2: I'm, I'm literally reading something.
1: As the leaders of this program, it's essential that we hold ourselves in the highest standards. We model for our players the type of men we want them to become. What
2: are we saying right now? So this is Eddie. Sure. Uh, Radosevich. Radosevich, who covers... Oklahoma for Rivals and does a really good job. He does. He says, talk to multiple people tonight. Feel rather. This is at Soonerscoop.com. If you are even remotely an Oklahoma fan, you should subscribe to Soonerscoop.com. I'm not an Oklahoma fan. I subscribe to Soonerscoop.com because I, I love their site there talked to multiple people tonight, feel rather comfortable outlining what I believe to have happened. You can interpret and discuss what you believe the punishment should be. I'm just trying to identify what actually happened, as it seems there are still many people that are unaware or can't put two and two together. At any rate, I was told they were in a position meeting last Thursday, report day. Oklahoma reported on Thursday. I'm told Cale Gundy was going over notes he had prepared for the players. I'm told Gundy then insinuated to one player in particular he needed to start taking notes. They had a lot to go over and a little time, etc. 10 to 15 minutes goes by, and he asked this particular player again where he needs to be on the play they were looking at. It was insinuated that the answer to this question shouldn't be difficult if he had the notes out on his iPad. It was at this point the iPad was collected and put up on a projector in front of them and read aloud. They were lyrics to a song that included... Again, this is Eddie. Go ahead. They were lyrics to a song that included the use of a racial slur twice. Sure. Immediately, it was realized what had happened of the situation. Apologies were made. I would even go so far as to say that a lot, if not all, the players in the room at the time are in support of Gundy. Even as Carrie Murdoch, who also covers Oklahoma, outlined earlier this evening, we believed Gundy did and still does have a lot of support in the locker room. Which leads us to tonight and the stunning news that Gundy is no longer with the Oklahoma program. The how and why everything has happened will be debated, obviously, in the coming weeks. One thing remains clear. There is already and going to be a large faction of current and former players that are in support of Gundy. The list will start with the big names and continue down to the guys that ran scout team for him. I do think there is genuine sincerity and remorse on Gundy's side of things. I don't understand... Uh, This would have blown over in a day. Less than... There was nothing to blow over.
1: No, that's the thing. It's not even it would blow over in a day. There was nothing to blow over. That's it? That is not the same... I mean, it's not... Again, this defies freaking logic. I got nothing. I I don't believe it. I, I understand, but...
2: Well, if Kel if Gundy... I'm inclined not to believe it, too, except I know Eddie and Kerry, and no, if no, that's no. what those guys are reporting... You're missing my point. Okay. If,
1: if that led to a change, there needed to be a change for another reason, and by God, he had zero... Okay. ...inch left. I can buy that. There's no way somebody in good standing for 30 years... <sighs> Gets fired over freaking that.
2: Do you think this is not this possible? Is, hey, it's already been a little awkward that your brother's the head coach at Oklahoma State.
1: But that was a. Now does Venables have a problem right. with his that's brother? that's point.
2: Because well, Lincoln Riley didn't give a shit. Lincoln Riley didn't care, and, and, and Stoops didn't care. But maybe Brent Venables cares? Well if so then Brent Venables has a problem. If so, then That I, tells me
1: something about Oklahoma moving forward. If, if so.
2: so, I'll put OU on the radar of jobs to be watching for in the next three years. Because if you're that sensitive See see if if, if what if what I just read from Eddie is correct, and I'm gonna bet it is. I, I believe so too. I got real questions about Venables today. Because if I'm Benables, I look at, I look at uh, Gundy and I say, I'm not accepting your resignation. You're, no. you're my coach. I'm standing in front of my team and going, hey, guys, it's a word that you can't say out loud. It's a word you don't need to be writing down. It's a word, but, we're, we're, but you can't let someone take the fall for being a racist when he or she displays no signs of racism. I was reading Joe Mixon's letter. Joe Mixon used to play at o- OU, uh, now plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Mixon is a guy who benefited tremendously from a second chance. I'm
1: about to say, his, his name conjures up where... Something really Yeah, bad. I think it's like we're doing Joe Mixon, but okay. But
2: Joe Mixon wrote about, yeah. hey, I benefited from a second chance. A second chance that a lot of people would argue he didn't deserve. You're not going to give Kale Gundy... A, quote, second chance when he really didn't do anything? That's a hell of a look. It's a hell of a precedent that you're setting inside your program. This only
1: becomes a story if there was a large number of player revolt. Once the players had no issue, you literally had no issue. That's it. This It... it, it, it I think we're navigating this. The only thing that makes any sense is that Brett Venables had a problem with a Gundy being on his staff and that, frankly, he didn't have the capital to fire him beforehand. That is all that makes sense. But then if you're Kel Gundy,
2: you love Oklahoma enough to take the fall as a racist? I know. That's my point. I I, I go, hey, look, man, if y'all want to fire me, fire me. I am not resigning from this position on this. I Here's
1: what happened. I wanted to remain the head coach at Oklahoma, and my players supported that decision. Y'all do whatever you want to do. Feel free. By the way, you're paying me.
2: Yeah. I have a two-year contract. I'm getting every dime of that. Yeah, this is dumb. I just don't get it.
1: You do wonder a little bit. What player conversations are with Benables. I mean, is a wide, you know, their top wide receiver not go? Hold on a minute! What are you doing? Taking my position coach right now? Why are we taking this resignation? What's going on? Yeah, because that's a different level of
2: support. But well, I mean, he's been one of their big recruiters over the years. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of guys that that has signed with OU because of him, or in part because of him. <sighs> I don't know. Not sure I could. Not sure I could do
1: that. I don't. The level of detail is interesting too, in both ways. I don't. I don't know. But it doesn't pass the test at all.
2: Now, <laughs> someone goes. There's a thread where someone goes. I hope we never. Personally, I hope we never learn who the player (laughs) is, and the very first post is a picture of the player. Was it really? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, on Scoop. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Are they frustrated? Yeah, I think it's a a weird story. People are like, that's it? Yeah. All right.
1: Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of blown away, but whatever. All right, podcast brought to you in part by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer med-sync. Do your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery. Have everything you need when you need it with G&M, including their med packs, which they uh, will individually package your medication for those who need the morning, the afternoon, all the doses in one place. It's great with maybe parents where you're trying to help them out or anyone else. So again, whether it be in Holly Springs with Tyson Drugs or G&M here in Oxford,
2: 662-236-2222. We're brought to you by OPA, Oxford's newest restaurant on the square. Wraps, kebabs, euros, redfish, lamb chops, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, and more. Amazing candlelit patio. All of that at 306 South Lamar, just south of the square courthouse in Oxford. I'll have a mailbag up tomorrow. Or Wednesday, I should say. Not tomorrow. Not tomorrow, Wednesday. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt, Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573. 662-842-3844. We're a little over three weeks away from the return of Neil's Picks. They're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency, connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, they can help you. Whether you're seeking an entry-level position or you're a seasoned professional, they have opportunities across the board. If you're in IT, engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, human resources, maybe you're not even sure what you want to get into, they can help you. Their goal is to get to know you, your strengths, you see what you're looking for in your next career move? Find you, help you find the right fit. It's always free for the candidate. So give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call. 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. We're also brought to you by Corinth Dental. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself every day. Uh, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment. Financing available at CorinthDental.com. And we're brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. There's a lot to be offered at Southern Traditions, including horseback riding offerings from beginner lessons with trainer Susan Walt to buying your first horse, competing at nationally recognized competitions. Get in touch with Bowers Cone, Susan Walt, Ben and Hillary Craddock, all the people at Southern Traditions. It's become one of the leading equestrian facilities in Mississippi. Uh get in you can email Bowerscone1 at gmail.com or message them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm.
1: So Pretty big weekend in a couple uh, NL divisions from a movement standpoint. As um, Mets took care of the Braves, the Braves pretty far back now in the NL East, almost assuredly probably going to be in a wild card game unless something crazy happens. Is that a sweep? Did they get all three? I don't know if they got all three or not, I, but I know they extended their lead. Um, DeGrom won, was they fantastic. They won the last
2: three games of the series. It was okay. a five
1: game series, I think. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. DeGrom was fantastic. Um, if you're the Braves, you pay him for a short-term contract and try to win a ring. That is the answer there
2: because he I tell you awesome. what, if you're the Braves and you get him and I'm the Cubs GM, it's going to be after we offered about 50 something million a year.
1: <laughs> We're going to make you pay for him. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's he, he's
2: if he doesn't come to me, it's just going to mm-hmm. be because either somebody paid even more or he just simply didn't want to. Yeah. I'm totally serious. If I'm Jed Hoyer, this offseason I'm calling mm-hmm. his agent and going so I will give you 3 years 150 million as our starting bid. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Let me know. There you go. Yeah. So you want to get more? Get more. And then the, the
1: most interesting team in the in, in the NL for me is the San Diego Padres because they go this on this all-in thing. We talked about this the other day. They go all in, they get Soto, they spend all this freaking money. Yeah. They got swept by the Dodgers over the course of the weekend. They got outscored 20 to 4. Mm -hmm. Los Angeles has won 8 of 10 against the Padres this year. They've won 17 in the last 19 against the Padres dating back to last season. And San Diego now sits 15 and a half out in the NL West. You were probably not catching them anyway when you made these trades. It was not necessarily about that. But again, you're very likely playing the freaking Braves to even get into the main tournament.
2: Yeah, well... You don't make the Soto deal if you don't have two more years of control. Sure, I understand that. Um, but look, it's I, I've, I've read a lot of baseball people saying they think Washington got the better end of that deal. Washington lost a player they were going to lose in two years and kind of rebuilt their system in the interim. Yeah. Now the Padres are playing without Tatis Jr. He comes back He'll later come on. he come back online. soon. And they're going to be interesting in a playoff series when you have – Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, Juan Soto, uh, Bell. I mean, they're they're loaded now. Yeah, they're that's a that's a that's a li- beast. That lineup will be brutal, and they'll throw you Darvish in game one, and a, um, you know what the Mets do if Scherzer is healthy is throw two guys at you that can absolutely just dominate you, and in the postseason that's dangerous, like Degrom yesterday. I don't know how much. Did you watch any of it? Uh, Very little. The first three, four innings, something like that. I watched a good bit of it for some reason. I had it on. That's a major league team that won the World Series a year ago. That's a major league team that would be in the playoffs today, the Braves. He made them look like they were utterly clueless at the plate. You just don't see that that often. That guy is throwing 102 miles an hour with this fastball. And then gets ahead and hits that those that slider at you at one two that you chase you have no chance. And if you start and a couple of Braves guys did this, started guessing for the slider, and then he just throws the fastball right by you, and you are like, okay, well I'll go sit now. Those are major league hitters yeah. on a on a playoff team that won the World Series a year ago.
1: I mean, it Bears repeating, they missed the first sixteen sliders Grom threw. 16. I, I, I don't know that it's a hittable pitch. They swung at 16 pitches and missed all of
2: them. But again, I want to reiterate, this is not you and me up there. <laughs> These are major league baseball players. Yes. Several all-stars. People, yeah, people like Ronald Acuna yeah. and, and people who are getting paid an exorbitant amount of money. Yeah, Olsen's getting paid a lot of money to hit a baseball. Yeah, to swing a wooden bat at a ball. And they're utterly clueless. By the way, speaking of baseball, um Tom Rinaldi's podcast series on um uh, Lyman Bostock is really good. I just finished episode six this morning, out walking the dogs. It's 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 amazing. Really? Yeah. Okay. Only one player in the history of major league baseball has been murdered during the season. Which is good that it's only one. Glad that's <laughs> the number. But he's the one, and um, that is interesting. It's a though. and it's a fascinating story. I've read
1: some long forms. I have not done the podcast.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really good, so it's worth listening to. Yeah, only after you exhaust the MPW Digital collection of collection. podcasts. Yes, of course. That's that's speaking of Tyler Siski and I will be recording McCrady and Siski uh, today around two o'clock. Okay. Well, the live stream and everything. 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 Old kitten caboodle. Everything. All the toys.
1: Okay. Uh let's see. Is there anything else we missed?
2: Just kind of <laughs> looking through the uh reading grinds comment. I didn't see this. No thoughts on ESPN offering the Pac 12 twelve twenty five million a school while Fox is pulling out. Both oh, are trying to convince that. UNLV to join the Big Twelve Pac twelve. <coughs> yeah. I that gotta be, be honest. More, I was right? in Las Vegas not that long ago and I don't see the appeal of UNLV. No. I don't either. That doesn't, that doesn't Yes, it's money. Vegas, but UNLV from a like facility standpoint and anything other than anything other than basketball would have a long way to go.
1: I'm a little surprised cuz collectors love a lot of stuff and the money gets really stupid with collections. I'm a little surprised the Bobby Bonilla contract that is famed that everybody talks about him getting the million dollars until 2035 every July 1st. Mhm. It only sold for 180 grand at an auction. I know it's a shit ton of money. Don't get me wrong, but I would have went over, uh, over on an over under at 180 because of how odd and how kind of in the public conscience that contract. The actual is. contract, the six page document. Yes, okay. yes, that is correct. It sold on Saturday night at an auction house. Um, it's signed by Benia and um, Joe Michael Vane, who was New York's executive vice president of operations at the time of the deal. Um, the most famous deferred compensation contract in sports history so yeah 180
2: grand for uh for that one no I cannot imagine going to college in Vegas I'm out I wouldn't want to yeah. live in Vegas I don't think I like Vegas but I don't, you don't
1: they like living in Henderson you even I mean, do you even know there's something there though yeah I don't know I mean your kid goes to Bishop Gorman
2: or and whatever I I mean, guess so. it's That's kinda, true. yeah I mean're it's probably fine
1: you're suburbed off enough where it's like hey we're
2: going to the strip like, yeah. you're not spending every afternoon at Caesar's Palace. No, I don't think so. Right. Yeah. I mean, frankly, you probably never go. Like, it would have to be like a real, like, because re- you're like, yeah. oh, hell, I'm not dealing with that. Someone's so. coming in for the day. Okay. We'll take you down to the strip. Yeah. 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 Kind of what I was thinking. So, um,
1: uh, it goes by Tom Kim, but the, uh, the player who won on the PGA Tour yesterday, he's the first PGA Tour winner who was born. Um. After in the two thousands, so we've oh. had that. Yeah, we've had had that had that yesterday. Um, he is only he's made only a few starts on the PGA Tour, and he's already up to twentieth in the world. So, uh, just uh, something to watch there a little bit. But anyway, uh, all right, we'll have practice content to you today on Rebel Grove. We will all be back with another podcast in the morning as well. Neil mentioned his show with Tyler today, so join the conversation again. rebelgrove.com dot com for that be right in the stream and we will talk to you again very very soon